Chris. Awesome. Uh, good, good evening. Today is uh, July 14th, 2021, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter and step is on relationships, and our speaker tonight is Matt J.F. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Matt J.F. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, I'm going to start with a prayer because I may need God's help more in this little talk than any I've ever done. Uh, God, I invite you to please guide my words to align with your will and your spirit for this meeting and anyone who ever hears them, whether by positive or negative example. Amen. So I'll just be candid and say, and this is not me setting expectations low, like it's just true that I've never felt less prepared or any uh, any time I've ever spoken or shared. Uh, so I don't know what I'm going to say. Uh, I do know that it's not going to be like a bunch of big book textualism because that's not me. And although I did have it in my calendar to study for an hour before this meeting, that didn't happen. So we'll just see what happens. Um, I do want to quickly qualify if that's all right. I'm going to share my screen. Let's see how this goes. Um, Let's see, I think first I need to do this. Okay. And now I'm going to do this. Um, sorry, I'm looking for the... Uh, I'm looking to be able to share my this, the screen that has the presentation in it, but it's not exactly working. There should be a button in the middle at the bottom that says share screen and it's green. Yeah, no, that's that. It's uh, I'm the problem, unfortunately, oh. um, not the uh, not the screen. So uh, let's see if this works. Can you guys see that? What about now? Do you see the full screen? Yes. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So this is me at about uh, program minus seventeen thousand days. Um, I was born at a fairly normal weight. Um, you know, a little, little chubby. You can sort of get a, a hint of what was to come, although only in terms of body and not really in terms of choices of eyeglasses or fashion. Um, this is me as a teenager. Uh, I was, I've been clinically obese my entire life, um, probably clinically morbidly obese my entire adult life. Um, and uh, my, I'm 5'8", I'm 50, uh, just for reference. Um, my top weight was in 2003. That was me in March of 2003 at uh, 380 pounds. Uh, I know that weight and that date because that's when I had ruined my gastric bypass surgery, which is why you see that dramatic drop. That was me at the end of that year. Um, I lost. I lost about. I went down to about 235, and then I mean, I basically floated between 250 and 270, sometimes 275, sometimes 245 for the intervening times. And this is just a couple of shots of me through the years, like, um, and this is me. Uh, by the way, it's worth noting that this, this dip here right before 2015 is the only other time that I participated in a fellowship and it was not a 12 step fellowship. It was just a pure accountability fellowship with seven other guys. And I just decided one of my goals would be like, I was going to work out and lose weight. And, uh, it's interesting to me that like the two fellowships that I've had in my life are the only two times that I've ever 
had any kind of significant sustained weight loss. Although you can see it didn't sustain for that long uh, because this was me in November of 2018. And this was me two days before I wound up finding this program. That's my, uh, my grandmother. Um, because it was on the drive home from seeing her with my daughter that um, I very unexpectedly and very uh, shockingly to me, uh, and in improbably by any measure, happened to be, you know, I had an un undesired 17-hour drive. I had had on my to-do list to listen to a big book step study, not for OA because I thought OA was BS, um, and I said that out loud. Um, and... Uh, but, you know, through the, the vagaries of Google, Google ebbied me in by giving me Laurie C's OA Big Book Step Study at the top of the search results list in YouTube. And that's how I wound up hearing Laurie C say on February 23rd, 2019, he told a story about like eating a goose skin hole. And it was, I was so grossed out that I was like, I'm going to have to turn this off because I'm going to puke. And then he said the words that changed my life, which were, there are some foods for me that once I start, I can't stop and I can't stop from starting. And that was the moment when I identified in, like just hearing that. And it was just, it was because I had no defense against that simple truth. I knew that there were foods for me that once I started, I couldn't stop, but I couldn't stop from starting. My brain reeled off six of them without even pausing. So that was, that was how I wound up in the program. Um, and then this is me. Um, the, the day, the number of days on this is wrong, um, but it's basically still me. Uh, my weight this morning was like three pounds higher than this. And, and you can see on this, by the way, that on that chart, um, if I'm able to go back, uh, you can see that like, you know, my low weight is not where I am right now. I'm about, I don't know, 12, 15 pounds above it. And like, I'm okay with that uh, because I didn't come in for the vanity. I came in for the sanity and I would gladly go all the way back to March of 2003, um, trade this for that, uh, to have what I have today in terms of spiritual and emotional health. So, um, all right, I'm gonna stop sharing now. That's, um, that's my qualification. Uh, I, am, I am definitely one of us. Um, relationships are not something I have a ton of experience with. I mean, I have, a, I have experience with family relationships, although I come from a fairly small family. Um, but, you know, like many of us who grew up overweight, I didn't date a lot. Um, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I, had, I had almost no experience uh, with, um, with the gender of my, my choice or my nature uh, when I met my former spouse. Um, and we, uh, neither of us knew what we were getting into when we got married. I guess no one ever really does, but... Uh, we certainly didn't. And we were married for 20 years. And I can tell you that while at the time that that marriage fell apart, I did not envy me. The more that I unpack of me, the more I don't envy her. Um, and I am grateful that the relationship ended and have tried my best to to make living amends and I have real, you know, regular amends to make to her when she's ready to accept them. Um, I've tried my best to make living amends for who I was during that relationship, which I didn't understand. Um, so the, the past relationships for me since then has been pretty sketchy. I had one three-year relationship 
um, with someone who was in 12-step recovery and worked a really good program. Uh, and I'm going to talk about that because it's an important jumping off point for kind of where I am today. Um, so when, when I met her, her name is Amy. Uh, I don't like referrals, her. Um, she's in recovery in, in the parent program and recently celebrated her 10th birthday in that program. And uh, she told me about that not long after we met. And she told me about the physical allergy. I didn't get it. I mean, I, I had never read the big book and, you know, why would I? I, was, I, I wasn't an alcoholic. I wasn't a drug addict. I wasn't you know, anything addict, I thought. Um, but one of the things that always stood out for me was that she told me really early that if she ever relapsed, I needed to get out. I needed to run. And, you know, having a sort of, at that time, I think naive and somewhat romantic view of romantic relationships, um, my inclination was to say like, well, I would never do that. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick and I'm gonna like support you and help you. And she was like, you're not hearing me. If I relapse, you need to get the fuck out. And that always stuck with me and I never got it until I became recovered. What I understand about myself in relationships today and not just romantic relationships, but any relationships with anyone is that if, I, if I'm not recovered, if I'm not doing what I need to do to stay recovered, to live in 10, 11, and 12, continuing to take personal inventory and when I'm wrong, promptly admitting it, uh, seeking through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with my higher power as I understand my higher power, and seeking to be of service and carry the message to the still suffering compulsive overeater, which does not just mean people who don't know about the program and does not just mean newcomers, it's anyone in the anyone who is a compulsive overeater who is suffering. Um, I'm not going to stay recovered. If I'm not recovered, I'm not showing up as the person that I'm supposed to show up as. For me, recovery is it is the gradual, often painful process of uncovering, discovering, and discarding who I'm not supposed to be, so that I can be who I am supposed to be. And if I'm not doing that work. I can't show up for anyone in any relationship as the person that I'm supposed to be to the best of my ability at that time. And so, you know, now I'm, I'm single and I'm dating and something that I found that I have to tell people early is not just that my recovery comes first, but I have to tell them if I relapse, you need to get out. And none of them understand it just like I didn't. But I tell them, you know, look, it's, it's hard to explain if you've never been through it. But if I relapse, I'm not going to be the person you met. Um, and, and, you, and I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want you to be with the person that I was. And that's a tough road to hoe. Because when I started making my amends list, you know, the, the overt harms related to compulsive overeating, the list was fairly short. I'm not someone who shoplifted. I'm not someone who stole food. I'm not someone who, um, That's halfway now. you know, thank you, who begged, borrowed, and, st and stole to you know, be able to afford food or you know, buy food. I always had a good living. I did my share of lying, but my circle was fairly small. So, but one day I, I realized that, you know, depending on how liberally one defines a men's ode, 
um, there's an argument to be made that I owed amends to everyone that I ever interacted with in any context before I became recovered because I was a pretty shitty person a lot of the time and, and didn't even know it. I like, had no idea. I thought I was a good person. I thought I was in a happy marriage. I thought we had a great marriage until my partner started the conversation about maybe we shouldn't be married anymore. And I, and I suddenly began to realize, no, we, we don't. And although I started out from a place of thinking like I was the victim, I, I soon came to understand, no, I, I, think, I think she got the bad end of that stick much, much more than I did. Because I, had, I was an addict who didn't even know they were an addict. And I think that that is one of the most insidious things about compulsive overeating and food addiction is that it is so much more than most addictions, one that you can persist in invisibly for decades and never understand that, that you have it. Um, I said before that on the day that I, I got ebbied in by Google, I, I thought OA was BS, except I didn't say BS. I said that aloud to my partner, Amy, the one time that we talked about Overeaters Anonymous, she asked me what I thought of it. And I said, I think it's BS. And she said, why do you, I do too. Why do you think it? And I said, uh, because I know that step one is we admitted we were powerless over food and our lives have become unmanageable. And I'm sorry, I'm not anorexic. I'm not bulimic. I don't weigh 900 pounds. I'm not going to binge until I medically burst something inside. So go after yourself. Like, that's not me. Which, you know, is, is just the height of arrogant denial. And that arrogant denial wasn't just about my compulsive overeating. It was about all of my character defects. So it's, you know, now it's obviously it's not practical to list everyone I've ever met in my entire life and, you know, go back and make amends and be like, I'm sorry, I wasn't as good a person as I could have been when I, you know, interacted with you briefly in a meeting back in 2014. But what I can do is do my best to live in 10, 11, and 12, to be rigorously honest in my relationships. And, you know, unfortunately, that, that starts with being rigorously honest with myself. And that is really damn hard. Because and I can't speak for anyone else. Like, I'm just going to speak about my own experience, strength, and health. Every time I unpack a resentment, and I walk through the inventory of selfishness, self-seeking, dishonesty, and fear. These days, the more extreme my response in the moment, that's usually a pretty good indicator that this is not a very serious resentment. So the night, you know, two, three Wednesdays ago, when I wound up having to make not one, but two trips to Target, because I hadn't checked the app carefully enough to make sure they had the thing I wanted. And so I had to go to one target and then I had to drive to another target 15 whole minutes away. When I tell you that I got into, it is a miracle that I got, I made it all the way into my car and closed the door and was shouting the word, the F-bomb as loud as I could until I was hoarse and punching the dashboard of the car like a lunatic because of the incredibly first world problem of having to go to a second target to buy the shelves I wanted. And I did a 10th step, but the thing is like, 
the whole time that's happening, I know that's ridiculous, right? I'm not proud of it, but like, you know, I, there's no fear associated with that. That doesn't get at the heart of my disease. My disease is like, I have this bone deep belief that I'm a worthless piece of crap. But I know that like, that's not what that is. That's just frustration. So I did a 10 step and it was easy because there's no fear. It was easy to discharge it. The things that are harder are the things where I am afraid and my reaction is less extreme because it requires the practice of the program to actually understand what, what's going on. And if it takes me that much time to get rigorously honest with myself, I mean, I need to be really careful with other people and not react from, um, from that unpacked place of, of fear and discomfort. And, you know, as I was saying it, if you're a newcomer, I want to say like, I know that that doesn't sound like a great bargain, right? It's like, I'm like, yeah, I'm recovered. I live in 10, 11, 12, and it sucks, but it doesn't suck at all. And it's not, it's not hard because the reward is so incredible. The, what, what the daily footwork of this program has done for me is it has for the first time in my life enlarged the space in which I, the space that I occupy, not the physical space, but the spiritual space, sufficiently to hold great discomfort and not freak out. I, I know every time I'm uncomfortable now, I no longer think I'm dying. That's what used to happen. Any bad feeling, any you know, bad feeling, any uncomfortable feeling would show up and I would stuff my face with donuts until I was so physically uncomfortable that the feeling of physical discomfort would crowd out the bad feeling. Because I couldn't handle discomfort. The footwork of this program and a faith in a higher power way beyond my understanding that nevertheless led me so improbably to this program and through this program and gives me the power to no longer suffer the consequences of being a compulsive overeater when I do the footwork that I have to do has enlarged my spiritual space so that when that discomfort shows up, I can, I can hang in there with it. I used to think of it as a table around which there were chairs. And when I started, the table was tiny and there was only one chair. And when discomfort showed up, I wound up in my ass and, on my ass in the dirt every single time. But that doesn't happen today. The table's bigger. There are sufficient chairs for whatever shows up so far. Um, and as a result, so the, I, I don't know how much time I have left. I'll just you have three minutes. I may left. wrap up with this. We'll see. Perfect. So here's the difference, and I know this is like not it's not really tied to the text, but it is very much about a relationship. It is very important to me, and it's still with my former partner Amy. So that night of the target, the, the ill-fated target trip, when I'm you know in my car shrieking the f bomb at the top of my lungs and punching the dashboard over you know second target trip. Uh, that was a Wednesday night. On Thursday morning, uh, I had a dentist appointment to go get a, have a chip in my front tooth that I've been looking forward to getting killed because I'm really self-conscious about it. And uh, so 10, like 10.25, I, I went down to get in my car and drive the five minutes to get to the appointment, and my car was stolen. Stolen. I mean, like, I, that had never happened to me before. Uh, out, of a, out of a supposedly secure garage. And the same guy who had been sitting in his car, you know, 
absolutely losing his mind over having to make a second target trip. It's kind of like, huh? All right. My car stolen. Like, what are you going to do? And that wasn't denial. It was just, well, this is what's happening right now. Because my faith in a higher power that is literally everything, including me, which means that everything that ever happens is exactly what's supposed to happen. It was like, well, I don't understand why my car was supposed to be stolen, but I know that it was. Like, I'm sure because it happened. And I just, you know, got on the phone with the insurance people. I called the police and like did all the things you do and not for a single, and I don't say this with any pride. I didn't do this. God did this. I, not for a single moment was my hair on fire. And as a result, I was able to enjoy, you know, four hours of quality togetherness with one of the most important people ever in my life as she was loaning me her daughter's car and just be there and be present for it and not be freaked out and not spend the time whining about my car being stolen, just being there with her for her. And I mean, if I could bottle how that happened, I would, and I'd give it away for free. But unfortunately it's not free. It has to come from doing that daily footwork. And I, so like, while it's hard to draw a straight, bright line between kneeling by my bedside and praying almost every morning, I know that there's, there is a line. I don't always see it. And, and the more I don't want to pray, the more I know I have to, because I, I would much rather lose my shit over having to make a second target trip than having my car be stolen. If I have to lose my shit over anything, which I seem to sometimes still. So, uh, I think with that, I'll wrap up and pass. Thank you for the opportunity to be of service. Perfect timing. Awesome. Thanks so much, Matt. Um, if you'd like to, oh, uh, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. Um, would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up? All right, can we hear from Leslie Kendall? Hi, my name is Leslie and I'm a compulsive overeater. And I just wanted to jump in because uh, I was, I'm so grateful to have been here tonight to hear you, Matt, and to hear uh, the person who, um, Stephanie, who read uh, the first reading um, and inserted Overeaters Anonymous. Uh, I. That was so wonderful to uh, hear. And then uh, Emily, I think, read, and was it Emily? I don't know. I think it was. But the next person who read, um, you know, inserted higher power. And uh, I just, that that just started the whole meeting for me in, um, in such an uplifting way. I, <clears throat> I was cleaning out um, my room today. And I ran across something that I wrote in 2011. And 
this is, uh, you know, because it's to the wives. I know the chapter is to the wives, but my partner is a female. So um, uh, I wrote, my punishment of her when she treats me badly is to think less of her rather than own how I feel. And I had forgotten that I had written that. And I found it uh, buried in some books and stuff today. And that's what my abstinence gives me. It gives me the ability to check in and find out how I feel rather than blame you for the way I feel. I never get to my feelings um, when I'm in the food. I, 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 I just, I check out on myself. I don't, I don't even, I just go right to anger, you know, or disappointment or passive aggressive behavior. But <clears throat> when I, when I'm not in the food, I, uh, I'm a different person like you talked about, Matt. Thank you so much for um, the depth that you went to. And if that's not prepared, you frightened me. That's like, what? That's not prepared? Holy crap. Anyway, thank you for letting me share. It's just a beautiful meeting and I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you, Leslie. Um, anyone's open to share? Oh, let's hear from Stephanie S. Hi, I'm Stephanie. I'm a compulsive eater and bulimic in Florida. I'm actually going to read something that I wrote this morning. I've, I've been working on my step four inventory and it's been um, interesting. It's been hard to kind of dig deep. And I know we're talking about relationships tonight. And so as I've been kind of reflecting back on prior relationships and my role in some of the things that haven't gone well, um, I'm just going to read what I wrote. Um, I'm working on my step four inventory and it's tough. I feel a lot of shame as I look back on old relationships and how I've treated some people. I've taken a lot of people for granted. I'm seeing my pattern of selfishness and impatience and my need for recognition. I noticed that I always wanted my needs to be met, my comfort, my happiness. I prioritized myself, my time, my food, my ego, and this is hard to see. Um, I'm begging my higher power to guide me away from selfishness. Um, how can I learn to be more patient, to put others first and ahead of myself? Um, I have a heavy feeling in my heart right now, but I know that this is part of the process. So I just was reflecting a lot on, on relationships and looking back. And I know um, I also treat people really well. So I know there's a balance, but it is kind of interesting to look back at resentments um, and really try to be open to the fact that I have a role in that. And um, as I look back, I find that it actually, you know, I guess my higher power is shining a spotlight on it for me. Um, so there's some things to work on. Thank you very much. Thank you, Stephanie. Can we hear from Victoria W? Hey everybody, I'm Victoria W, recovered compulsive overeater and insulin manipulator. How's it going? Um, I just wanted to say thank you, Matt. I really, um, I sound so weird. I dig the energy of your shares. So I just really appreciate you being authentic and showing up that way. Um, I really, what really spoke to me was this idea of the serenity in these quote unquote tougher moments. But then sometimes, you know, these reactions that seem like maybe 
not proportional in other times. I really relate to that. I think like <laughs> I went snorkeling with my boyfriend on vacation a couple of weeks ago and he was like, all right, let's just have a bet of how far you can get into the day before complaining about how hot it is. And I didn't, I mean, we were laughing. It's so, it's so me. I love, you know, like, let's just be honest about who I am and laugh it off. But we didn't, I, first of all, I'm the one who planned this. Let's just put that out there. We didn't make it into the parking lot on arrival before I was like, oh, it's hot. And he said, uh, 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 I won. <laughs> um, you know, and it's just funny because, but I'm blessed that those, you know, I can laugh at how ridiculous I'm being and I have tools to clean it up and I have tools to say, wow, let me not plan something and then complain about how much it sucks the whole time when I dragged somebody else <laughs> along with me. But then, you know, I went to the dentist and they said, oh, dentist, bad, bad juju. I'm just guessing because they were like, oh, you owe $1,400. And I was like, um, I have insurance. And they said, oh, this isn't covered by insurance. I said, oh, well, that might be good to tell people before they go through the procedure. And the lady goes, oh, you're taking this really well. <laughs> and I just thought, okay. And then a couple of months ago, I had a car accident. It was all good, but it was like, I was taking my boyfriend to the airport. He jumped over the side of the um, shoulder onto the frontage road from the highway to go catch an Uber to go to the airport. <laughs> and um, and then I got home and I got a letter from the IRS saying I was being audited. And I was like, yeah, of course I am like, sure. You know, and it's just, that's the testament to this program because again, those, that is not how Victoria reacts. Uh, that's how Victoria's higher power gives her strength to be in moments of weakness. So thanks for letting me share that. Thank you, Victoria. Can we hear from Emily D? Hi, family. Emily D. again, recovered compulsive overeater in Chicago. Um, gallery view. Let me get get all of you on my screen. Um, so grateful to be here. And Matt, thank you for your service tonight. You know, my my sponsor told me, you know, we don't prepare to give a lead, and I was like, lady, you don't know what you're talking you're talking to. <laughs> okay, like. There is a before, during, and after, absolutely, and I will be ready. Um, so thank you for just speaking from the heart. It felt I felt it. I felt from it from the heart, and I related a lot to um, like the seductive delusion that I am somehow like flawless in relationship. You know, like I, I. Um, I, I'm just doing my best. I'm there for you. Like, what more do you want from me? Um, you know, I, I, I like, I like no emotions, you know, like I know how to talk about them. I know how to process them. And I was so touched, you know, I'm, I've also, you know, been married and been divorced. I've been in serious relationships. I've gotten out of serious relationships. My rela last relationship ended in prayer. Like the two of us, and I, I was, I was working my program. I think I was sponsoring that point. So I was recovered. Right. So like the ending was in prayer and in tears and thanking God for the time that we had together. And my marriage ended in sort of a similar vein. I wasn't recovered, but like, God is good. God is good in those endings and God is good in the beginnings. And, um, I think I really appreciated too, just this difference between like the target 
f-bomb and like you know your car gets stolen i remember i texted you after that i was like i'm so sorry and you're like i'm cool and i was like what but it's that slow insidious stuff the stuff that we're like mm, yeah swipe left mm, no not a big deal like that i in my relationships can just like abandon myself and then god doesn't stand a chance so when you talk about like, you know, what do I need and, and what is my part and what am I feeling and what's honest? And I come up blank because I'm just kind of like, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't have time for that. It, it's like, I don't know. That's the stuff you re that really hit home for me. Like that's just a frustration. You know, this other stuff, this other stuff we really got to watch. So I'm here to say like, there's hope. And I love that you have like a great relationship with people that, you know, you've been in relationship with before, like anything's possible in recovery. Anything is possible. Repair is possible. It's all, I've seen it. I've witnessed the miracles. So That's thank time. you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. Uh, Chris, compulsive overeater. Uh, Matt, thank you very much for your lead. Um, I, I'm, I'm not trying to cross talk, but I guess I'm going to, I relate a hundred percent to the target story. Uh, cause I did that same thing. It was, uh, I had done an online order, didn't have my stuff and I went absolutely bananas. Um, uh, uh and this will tie in on my partner. And, uh, just like the other person said in regards to the dentist, I have paid off my braces and then I got a huge bill in the mail. And I was like, well, wait a second. And uh, instead of going crazy, I, I questioned it. And they were like, oh, we're very sorry. That, that, that was an invoicing mistake, um, which that's not how I would have normally reacted. I would have reacted by, you know, being uh, an asshole. Um, I am very grateful for this program in regards to my relationship um, because I'm able to have actual, like, honest conversations with my partner and we're able to have like seriously hard conversations. Um, and I'm able to, I'm in the moment, I'm able to see, oh, I'm being defensive. Oh, I'm not letting them speak. I'm not hearing them. And I'm able to fix that in the moment instead of hold on to a resentment or take the victim angle, which, uh, oh boy, when I look at my past relationships, it is a graveyard of just terrible decisions uh and and and, and terrible is not like partner wise just the way i reacted the way i treated people the way i handled everything um there's a lot of amends to make and a lot of living amends like you talked about man um and it's i thought i was just like the other fellow said i thought i was perfect i thought i did everything right i was i was i was hurt so bad and i was manipulated and taken advantage of and then the second I look at it, I'm like, oh, I was wrong, 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 wrong. Um, and I'm really grateful that I get to fix that in the moment nowadays. Um, and yeah, uh, this uh, your your lead and this reading was really awesome. Uh, with that, I will pass. And let's hear from Nancy Z. Hey, everyone. Nancy, uh, Recovered Compulsive Eater. Hi, it's good to see y'all tonight. Matt, thank you so much. Um, I talked with you a couple of weeks ago and something that you said just sticks with me and I use it almost every day. Um, you were talking about the difficult things and how 
how you've gotten comfortable with being uncomfortable. And um, that has just been so positive for me when I feel uncomfortable. I think that's just part of the process now, you know, being uncomfortable is part of recovery and it's okay, you know, it's okay. Um, thank you for your thoughts tonight. I have one thing that you said that I'm mulling around and I might ask if you would expound on it a bit. Um, you said God is everything. So this is what I, I heard. God is everything. So everything is of God, including me. So whatever happens is exactly what is supposed to happen. Is that, is, did I get that right? Yep. Got it. So it's a, it's a, it's a mind twister for me. Um, but thank you. I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to mull that one over for a bit and see how it fits. Um, anyway, I, um, today I did my first 10 step that I really dug deep into um, and came up with a belly full of fear. And I, it, it made me realize how much deeper this program goes. It's like, so often I feel like I'm, I'm just tapping the surface. I'm just, you know, I'm just on this plane here and, um, and there's so much more. And I, I, I'm, I wanna get to it, but yet, you know, again, going back to what you said, I'm right exactly where I'm supposed to be today. And that um, if I continue to trust God and, you know, and um, stay with you people and, and keep just making my phone calls and doing my 10 steps, doing the deal, doing it every day, then that it will grow and it will deepen and I will discover more. And it's in God's time, not mine. So I'm just grateful for all of you tonight. Thank you so much. And with that, I'm going to pass. And we will uh, now stop the recording uh, for unrecorded.